Hi, this is Dan Silvestri. And Tom Pizzato. From SpyMovieNavigator.com. As today on our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies, we focus on, well, drinking. Ah, James Bond 007 <laughs> drank a lot. And we intend to do the same. And he drank a large variety of drinks. Not just vodka martinis. We're going to have a drink with Ian Fleming today, too, selecting a couple of cocktails from the pages of Ian Fleming's novels about the most famous fictional spy in history, Bond, James Bond. All right, we're not going to cover every drink that Bond ever sipped in the novels and movies, but we will look well, heavily. that's probably good, Dan. <laughs> yeah. This would be a long podcast. <laughs> We're going to look heavily into the novels because this is where Bond first lived and breathed through Fleming's works. After all, in the novels, we're safe because there's no question. This is Bond. This is where it came from. And Tom and I, Tom, remember we went to the Lily Library in, yes. at Indiana University? Absolutely. And what did we, we do there? We, we read the, the manuscripts of where Fleming wrote this stuff. Where the, original actually, manuscripts. the original manuscripts. The original manuscripts, yeah, where he actually wrote down this uh, recipe for the Vesper that I'm making yeah. right now. Yeah. So before we get to our shakers, we want to, not shakers and movers, but literally All right. tea shakers. <laughs> <laughs> we want to give a shout out to Michael Pablowski, who helped us a bit with the drinks here. Thanks, Michael. Here's to you. Cheers. All right. Also... <laughs> also, in our North by Northwest podcast, the two-parter that we just did recently, one of our listeners responded to us that his wife, as a girl, was an extra in the movie. So we contacted her, and she told us about her role and how she started, and that she is one of the little girls who walk in front of Roger Thornhill as he exits the bathroom at Union Station in Chicago. You gotta love that. And her mother was in the same scene, just behind her, holding two other girls' little hands. Cynthia told us that she had been selected as Little Miss Pageant in 1956 in Chicago. That's a Kiwanis Club promotion that they had every year then. And one of the prizes was a scholarship to modeling school in Chicago. So here's a clip from Cynthia telling us all about her starring role. <laughs> I was a child model at the time the movie was being filmed. They did a three-day segment at the Union train station in Chicago. I was selected as an extra, and my mom and I were both in the film. Just snippets. The most notable was walking by Cary Grant as he exited the restroom. It was a wonderful experience, and I met many of the stars and doubles, who were especially nice. When I met Mr. Hitchcock and asked for his autograph, he bent down and asked me my name. I said, Cynthia, to which he questioned, Cynthia? I politely corrected him and responded, no, sir, Cynthia. Years later, I moved to New York as an executive in the radio business. I went to the Oak Room as often as I could to entertain clients. But sadly, I never did see Roger Thornhole again. That was great. Thank that you, really, Cynthia. Yeah, that really was. Cynthia, thank you. That's, it's really cool to hear real-world people that have actually been involved in these things yeah. in whatever role. 
yeah. and the fact that she was willing to share with us that was that was awesome thank yeah, you it was fun she sent us pictures too with with an arrow with her walking right in front of roger thornhill and at one point she said hitchcock told us do not look at the camera and she sent us a picture of her looking right at the camera <laughs> when she was walking they had to redo it but and she also said that when they were filming the mount rushmore scenes that they had huge paper mache sculptures of the president's faces on the studio floor and they crawled all over them, and then and it was filmed. And then she said the film was rotated to appear like it was vertical. So again, hey, <laughs> Cynthia, Cynthia O'Connor, thanks for the comments. We appreciate it, and it adds greatly to our crack in the code of North by Northwest. All right, we're gonna get to one of the most famous drinks ever in spy movie history. Dry martini. Oui, monsieur. Wait. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of Kina Lily. Shake it over rice and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Yes, sir. You know, I'll have one of those. So will I. Certainly. And you know what? So will I, Tom. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. And actually, I just I just actually hear you hear the shake, or I just finished pouring myself this one. I made it while we were. While All right, we were I got my shaker. Pizza. I'm gonna pour mine out so, now. Oh, that looks right. good. That looks good. It smells good. All right. Now. All right. We're having we're having the Vesper. And this is obviously one of one of the big ones, as you said. All right. There's <laughs> I got my cocktail in my hand. I do too. And I'm All right. Tom, Tom can't thing. clink glasses together yet here because we're still, because of the COVID nineteen recording remotely, but here we go. Can we can we bump our glass to the mic and have that be a virtual clink? <laughs> yeah, here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. All right. So, so the Vesper here—it's only you—it's only mentioned twice in Bond films. It's in Casino Royale, yep, which is the book that it appeared in, oh. and in Quantum of Solace, yeah, when he's on the flight with with Mathis, Mathis. and Mathis walks up to the, the bartender and he he says, "What are you drinking?" And the bartender tells him the mm. recipe for the Vesper, which we'll get to in a second. But they never mention it by name. Right, in Quantum and, of Solace. They said he he names it in Casino Royale. Yeah, he's drinking it in Quantum, but he's not. Uh, and I calling it that. I know no. I now know why he didn't mention Vesper in Quantum of Solace because he still in Quantum of Solace believed Vesper had betrayed him, and so he, he's not going to be calling this drink a Vesper anymore. He he likes the combination of stuff that we're going to go over in a minute. He wasn't going to call it a Vesper in Quantum of Solace because of that. So I just thought of that, and I think that's true. That's exactly why he didn't. But go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to first talk about what's in this thing. So yeah. it's three parts gin. Yep. In the novel, Bond calls for Gordon gin. Yeah. And uh, then one part of vodka. And he says in the novel, grain vodka is better than potato vodka, but yes. he never calls out which brand. No. And, and you know what? It is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there, and then one half part of Kina Lele. Okay. So we, now, we've got three parts gin, dry gin, right. of course. One part vodka, grain right. vodka preferably, and half part Kina Lele in the book and in the movies. Now. Okay, wait. Before we go on, I'm going to try, I'm going to sip this because <laughs> I just uh, made I'll this. sip mine while you're sipping but, yours. And but, if you're um, out there with us, put this on pause and go make one. <laughs> Here we go. That's a that, damn. That's fine pretty drink. damn good. <laughs> now the, the thing the Woo! thing that's interesting to me is he calls for Kina Lele, but you can't get that anymore. No. You can get something called Lele Blanc, 
which is a French white wine kind of close to Kino Lay. Yeah. You want this instead of vermouth, and, and don't don't forget, you want to add a long lemon peel to this. Right, that's now, part of the recipe. Now, one of the things I was reading in, there's a book, a great book called The Complete Guide of the Drinks of James Bond. Mm-hmm. And when he talks about the Vesper Martini, he's talking about it and the fact that you can't get the Kina anymore. He talks about some alternatives you might use because actually the Kina was more, and it was bitter than than what the current Lille Blanc is. Mm-hmm. So it has a slightly slightly different thing. So there's some things in the book. If you if you get that book, he talks about different alternatives you might try. And so who wrote the book? And what's the name again? Okay, the book is called The Complete Guide to the Drinks of James Bond by David Lay. Okay, good. And I, I, so it's it's a it's actually a book that breaks down every drink by every movie, um, and it's well that's it's pretty actually, good. Yeah, yeah, it's actually very very good. Yeah, my daughter um, gave me one for Christmas called Shaken Drinking with James Bond and damn, Ian we Fleming. Just started. Yeah, that's the official <laughs> cocktail book. Now this doesn't go over the cocktails in the movies. It goes over cocktails that would have been inspired by things that happened in the movies. But it's very clever, and there are a couple in here from the movies. But excellent, Shaken. Drinking with James Bond and Ian Fleming. As we continue to podcast and drink, here we go. (laughs) Tom and I, we drank these Vesper martinis in many different places. We've had a few. (laughs) In the world. (laughs) We drank them, for instance, at the bar in the Palacio Hotel in Estril, Portugal. Yeah, which those those are great parts. Yeah, and they yeah. really made a good martini. Now this hotel is the one that appears in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, where Tracy goes and where Bond follows her after the chase on the road and the beach scene and all that. These were superb drinks, and this bar in World War II was really a headquarters for spies. And even Ian Fleming drank in this bar, and I think he met. Duskoff pop off there. Yes, he did. Yeah. And At least so that's the rumor. And the casino, which was right next door to this, was the inspiration because there were different things going on in the casino. Germans were betting down there, and there was bets going on that we got to go get the money from the Germans so that they don't be able, they won't be able to fund stuff or whatever. Let's go get their money in the casino. So all of this betting and stuff like that in the book is is really partially dependent upon Ian Fleming's real experience here at this hotel where we were drinking these Vespers. And, and it's a great little bar. Yeah. And then we drank them in Sardinia, Italy. Remember that? I'm sorry? In Sardinia, we had them there. Oh, yeah, we had them in Sardinia. Yeah. Right, right. The little resort we were staying at there, the bartender didn't know what a Vesper was. It was kind of a private bar just for the guests. And so we taught him. <laughs> <laughs> and he made he, some pretty damn good quickly. ones. <laughs> he learned quickly. Yeah, yeah those were good. And then we, what was the place in uh, Amsterdam we went to the... Uh... We went to the Vesper Bar. Oh, yeah. It was actually called the Vesper Bar. Uh... Well, they actually mixed a uh, Vesper and were selling them, I don't remember, bottled or canned or something like that that you could buy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, as I recall, they were different. Maybe that was they it. Were, it was a were, different yes. twist to it. They, they didn't have the exact recipe. They had their own little twist on it. So yeah. it was good well, in that sense, but it that, wasn't that's, like... That's one the, of the problems with all these things. You go into these places, even when we had the one in Dukes, yeah, it was yeah, an yeah. orange peel instead of a lemon peel. Yeah. Now right. Tom's mentioning Dukes. Dukes is the bar at Dukes Hotel in London where we we had Vesper martinis 
And it was really rumored that that's where Ian Fleming hung out and invented the Vesper Martini. Although well, wait, were... I, I thought he got it from Ivar. Ivar Bryce was his friend, but I mean, they may have talked about it or whatever, but there was issues. Maybe it was in Jamaica that he invented it, and that's where Ivar and he hung out a lot together. Or maybe it was in this bar, but maybe this is where they mixed them officially for the first time or whatever with that Italian bartender. Anyway, Tom and I every, were there every, drinking. Everybody wants to say they claim they did everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, Tom and I were drinking there, where, of course, Ian Fleming definitely was at certain times at this bar. And the bartender invited us to come behind the bar and shake martinis with him. So we were shaking Vespers at Duke's bar. And actually, while we were talking to Caroline Monroe, who was Naomi in The Spy Who Loved Me. So that was fun. And she is yeah, that, fabulous. That, that was a great experience all around. So. Yeah. So. So the book, the book that I was reading was The Complete Guide to the Drinks of James Bond by David Lay. And he's the guy who also runs the uh, jamesbonddossier.com which is a good website he's been running for 18 years or something like that. Cool. All right. So we're drinking the Vesper, and it's pretty damn good. This is, it's it's an excellent drink. Some people don't like the Vespers. I, I, I think it's an interesting combination of stuff. Some people just think it's crazy, but mixing gin and vodka and everything else and, and the Lillet with the, with, with the twist of with the lemon twist. Ah, I think it's delicious, yeah. and especially well, today. <laughs> yeah, we have to also remember how tastes have changed. Vodka was something that really didn't hit the U.S. and Europe until uh, World War II. Yeah, it pretty much stayed something that was that was consumed in Russia, in in uh, Poland, in the Balkan states, mm -hmm. and it really didn't hit until after World War II. So when somebody would order a martini in the past, they it would was, order a gin martini. Yeah, it was and a gin people, martini. And people started making them with with vodka or adding vodka to them, trying to yeah uh, twist them a little. Because I mean, you st if you go to England now, is what I've I've found gin is still an extremely popular drink, where in the U.S. it's more vodka than gin for pretty much everything. Yeah, and of course so, Fleming is writing this stuff in the early '50s after World War II, and yep. so vodka is becoming a little more popular and so on. Anyway, it's really interesting because Bond drinks all kinds of drinks in the books. This is really where Bond comes from, Ian Fleming's books. And yep. so we're talking here, okay, the Vesper is the biggest one everyone knows. And really, he doesn't ever order another Vesper martini in any other book or any other movie, right, Tom? That's, as far as I'm aware, yeah. the only two that I've seen him call for it, it yeah. and actually in, in, in Quantum, like we said, he doesn't even call for it by name. He, right, right. So, weird. But, of course, Bond... Now, I will tell you, if you order one of these when you're at a bar, mm -hmm. you may get a look from your bartender, because they may not have the delay. And this isn't a throw some rum and coke into a glass and serve it or pour a little bit of I yeah mean, there's more there's more work for the bartender yeah there's so just there's be aware of that when you order these a lot of bars are, are not going to have lillet they'll give you driver vermouth instead and as the bartender on the plane in quantum Asalis, while mathis and bond are drinking these drinks and he gives the recipe he says kina lillet which is not vermouth exactly <laughs> So exactly. there aren't a lot of bars that have Lillet, maybe the high-end bars. There is one in Chicago here that makes a fabulous Vesper Martini, and they do have Lillet Blanc. 
So, excellent. It's called Stefani's. Great place. If you're in a busy bar and you want to drink like Bond, but they're really busy, you might move to a vodka martini instead of the Vesper because he orders a lot of vodka martinis in the books. They're quicker to make yeah. and they're more likely to have the, the ingredients. So just if you're trying to help your bartender out, but you still want to drink like Bond, maybe the next thing you move to is a vodka martini. Yeah, and he drinks a lot of those. Like, I'll just give a couple examples. Dr. No, he, uh, and I'll quote, I'm going to give you a few quotes here because this, it kind of is insightful into how Bond was thinking here. And this is when you say Dr. No, you're talking about the book. The book. I'm going to talk about these are all from the book. Okay. The, the, the novels by Fleming. All right. I would like a medium vodka dry martini with a slice of lemon peel. Shake it and not stirred, please. I would prefer Russian or Polish vodka. I mean, Okay, that's cool. In For Russia With Love, in the novel, he orders a double vodka martini. In Goldfinger, Bond says, vodka martini, please, with a slice of lemon peel. Thunderball, while in the Bahamas, Lighter checks in, and they went up to his room and sent for two double dry martinis on the rocks. Not now, hang on a second, though. Yeah. Those probably would have been gin, because they didn't specify. And back then, if you ordered a martini... You would have gotten a gin martini. That could be true. And I could not verify that in the book Thunderball, except when I searched for gin, it didn't show up very much. So yeah. it could be gin, but I think maybe they were vodka. In Honor Majesty's Secret Service, he sat down and ordered a double medium dry martini on the rocks. That was a vodka martini with lemon peel. Nice. Moonraker even. Bond orders a martini made with vodka. Large slice of lemon peel. So he specifies there. Live and let exactly. die. And, rem and remember, you didn't have to worry about him going into space after drinking one of these. Because in the book, it wasn't the same as the movie. Yeah. Uh, I love the Moonraker book. That's a fabulous yeah, book. It is really a good it's book. It's one of my favorite Fleming Bond novels, really, the Moonraker. you gotta, you got to read that one. In, in Live and Let... I've got to slow down. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's too fast. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my Vesper is three quarters gone already. Yikes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> in Live and Let Die, Solitaire, this is cute. She mixes them both vodka martinis, saying, I hope I've made it right. Six to one sounds terribly strong. I've never made, I've never had vodka martinis before. Okay. All right. Well, and it, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting if you look at it, martinis, though, especially, you know, really either gin or vodka, yeah. how they've gotten drier. Because it used to be that it was the original uh, original martini was uh, equal part, and then it got less and less yes. of the vermouth, yeah. and then it was kind of like some bartenders would actually wet their finger with the vermouth and just line the rim of the glass with it and call that a martini. Yeah, so, very so dry. They got, obviously, by the time they got to live and let die, they were making them very dry. Yeah, and and, and um, even in Diamonds Are Forever, which. I, I, the, it's a great novel. It, it's actually a fun novel, and even more fun than the than the movie. I think, but the movie is pretty good. Bond sat at the long bar of the tiara and sipped a vodka martini and examined the great gambling room with a professional eye. And in other parts of the book, well, wait, st I'm going to stop you. Yeah, what you just said there is why I love reading the books mm -hmm. as well as. So if you're one of those people, one of our fans who just watches the movies, I mean, we are spy movie navigator right cracking the code of spy movies but sometimes reading these books just the way he described that you yeah. can't get that out of a camera lens 
Yeah, and, you know? and, and and that reminds me when we're looking at the manuscripts at the Lilly Library, we, we examined eleven of the original ones. You could see where Fleming scratched out certain things and put in other words, and these are the words that made it into the final versions of the of the book, and how thoughtful he was about what he was saying there. His descriptions, I think, are fabulous. Well, just think about how you would see this in a film. Is He's sipping the vodka martini he and examined the great gambling room with a professional eye. Yeah. In the movie, he would just be sipping the martini looking around. Yeah, yeah. But when you get this out of the book, it just adds a depth to it, which is really nice. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, professional eye means a lot of stuff. In those couple of words, professional eye, you know a lot about Bond. So he drinks a lot of gin martinis, too, in the books, not yes, just vodka. So, But we're going to stick with vodka. He, he does vodka and tonic, too. Now, yes, you know, we don't pay no, attention I... to this one much, but Bond drinks it up in a few of the novels. So I have a sample here that I will drink now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any tonic here at home. With the I've got on, so. tonic left over from a Christmas party, so mm-hmm. I'm going to just have a sip now. And then, okay. Well, then I'm going doing, back to my Vesper. Okay, well, while you're doing that, right? So in <sighs> Ooh, Her ah. Majesty's Secret Service, the book, yeah, mm. he drinks a, a vodka and tonic with bitters. Yeah. Which, going back to the conversation about Kino Lillet, yeah, kind of makes sense. Because if you're shifting, you don't hear you're just doing vodka, you're not doing the gin. But if you like that undertone of the bitters that the Kino would give it, that kind of makes sense that he'd carry that over into the, the vodka and tonic. I would like to try that. I haven't tried it. I don't have Augustino or whatever it's called. Bitters. What's it called? Augusturo. There's, there's a few different. I know. That, that is like a big one. Or Angostura, I think. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Let's have another drink. All right. Yeah. And he drinks. Yeah. Angus, Angostura bitters. Okay. Yeah, he and, and I, I went with the the dash of bitters. I think is an interesting little twist here, and he he does that in Thunderball too in the book. Yeah, he he has he a vodka and tonic with with the dash of bitters, and where else does he drink that? I think from with the bitters. Yeah, or or no, it, it just it's just the whole vodka and tonic thing. Oh yeah, the vodka and tonic. He also I think in from Russia he from Russia with love. He does, but remember we talked about the potato oh, yeah, versus yeah 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 yeah. yeah versus the grain vodka and that one he says the local vodka is all right if you drown it with tonic water (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) all right that that just shows you the kind of subtle palate that bond has right he's like the local (laughs) vodka is good that's great oh that's a great that's a good one yeah i think think there's one more reference that i can think of in the books which was in goldfinger Uh he has a vodka and tonic with a slice of lemon peel he likes his lemon peels. Yeah, he, I, 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 I think it's great. I think it's great with the lemon peel. I think it's yep. terrific. And then there are well, that's well, you know, for me, I don't have the lemon peel here at home, so I'm use I'm drinking the Bombay Sapphire Gin instead of the Gordons, mm-hmm. which there there is a slight lemon undertone to the Bombay Sapphire, which is one of the things I like about it in, instead of the Gordons. Mm. But I don't have the lemon here with I, me. I, I ordered lemons from a Mariano's the other day and it was delivered yesterday. That's a grocery chain in Chicago. Yeah, it's a grocery chain in Chicago and they're delivering stuff now during this whole COVID-19 thing. And I wanted them for this drink for the podcast. And so, hey, it's a damn good drink. I have to say, I mix a good Vesper. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. Anyway, well, we're, we're, anyway we're talking. We we're just talking. Let's about finish up vodka. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the, if you're, you can have it in a in a martini. Mm-hmm. You can have it in a vesper. You can have it with tonic, and you can, of course, just have it straight. Yeah, like you were saying before. When, when I go when I go to the theater, I normally have that because it's less liquid, but still. Yeah, like you were saying punch. before, they got drier and drier, and in, yeah. in, in a couple of cases, he orders. I think in yeah, in Casino Royale, the book, he orders a small carafe of vodka, very cold. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Very cold. I'm well, like, okay, it's the very it's cold because his whole concept of why does he want something state shaken instead of stirred is that it's going to get colder. Yeah. And a little bit watered down with the shaking versus the stirring. Yeah. But uh, he likes it cold. Yeah, and then in Moonraker, this is my one of my favorites. M tells Grimly some vodka, please, and he turns to Bond and says, "Not the stuff you had in your cocktail. This is real pre-war Wolfschmidt from Riga." <laughs> it's like, all right. Now, I don't know what happened to Wolfschmidt, but I mean, maybe at the time this was like fabulous vodka. But when I was in graduate school at Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we would buy Wolfschmidt vodka because it was like $5 a quart. But <laughs> anyway, well, you I, know, the, I digress. The, the, you also have to realize that as tastes have changed, some of the beverages that have been product placements in the movies. Yeah have kind of lost their luster and that and we're taking this from a u.s perspective i'm not sure internationally but so you I know mean, what i mean one of the things if you go to europe getting ice is kind of unusual yeah right? most people drink their drinks uniced yeah yeah but if you think about uh Stolchnaya, which is a vodka that was that was prominently it in was, a lot of bond films it was huge yeah and from product placement and there are some people here in the U.S. who are like, oh, I won't drink that. I've got to drink a Belvedere or I've got to drink a Chopin or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's a very serviceable vodka. It does, its, it does the job. Yeah. So where when is a product thought of highly versus not? Mm-hmm. Sometimes just is where is society at that point in time. And, what, and also thinking about the Europe from the European influence that Fleming would have versus the U.S. tastes, which are different. Yeah. And we have to think about that when we talk about it. This is a little bit different. This is It's different for us here in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. And product placement has always been a big thing with Fleming. Actually, in the, in the actual novels, he mentions brand names all the time, and whether it's watches or, or drinks or whatever. So to carry this over to the films, to the movies, of course, where it's obvious that they're going to get money for product placement is... is 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 cool. So you see Where, a lot of in that the, kind in of the stuff. books. I'm not sure back then if they were doing a lot of paid product placements. I, I think. Oh, I don't think it was him, paid. But him, but, him adding depth. But Fleming just because it, I think for Fleming it added to the description, so that Absolutely. people that were familiar with Gordon's vodka or Gordon's gin or whatever, you know, they had a bit they had a better read on what they were looking at on the pages of Fleming's novels. They thought, oh wow, yeah, I I could get that. <laughs> That's good. All right. Champagne, he drinks everywhere. We're not going to even talk, get into the champagne. Bollinger, Don Pignon, Pignon, uh, you know, whatever. He drinks champagne. Okay, so product placement again. Everywhere. Yeah. Well, especially in the movies for, for champagne. Right, exactly. But there was a time where I pretty much would only drink Bollinger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I wonder where I got that from. Hmm. You give me a good uh, Bollinger recently disgorged or Bollinger RD. Yeah. That's a good champagne. Yeah. 
Ah. In, fact, actually, in fact, actually, last year I drank my last. I had a 1989 RD, and it still was good. Yeah, I remember in Dr. No, I think uh, Bond was going to smash a bottle of uh, Dom, uh, Dom Perignon 56, and then Dr. No tells him, you know, that's a Dom Perignon 56, and he says, I prefer the 53 myself. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I love that crap. That's good stuff. Vintage does matter. Anyway, we're talking about gin, and he oh, does yeah, he does drink gin martinis. Wait, wait. When are we talking about gin? We're moving. Well, we were talking gin? about vodka martinis and gin martinis. Well, we and, were just talking about champagne. I know we we're just talking about champagne, but he does drink gin martinis, and we were talking about vodka martinis and gin sometimes, and the popularity of gin before you know the end of World War Two. So wait, and, I'm going to have more of this gin and vodka little a combination here. I finished my Vesper. <laughs> I, I haven't yet. Oh, you haven't finished mine. Have you finished yours? <laughs> Not yet. I'm working right. on it. Anyway, gin martinis. In the books, in Live and Let Die, Felix ordered medium dry martinis with a slice of lemon peel. He stipulated House of Lords gin and martini Rossi. Okay, this is a twist on the Bon Martini. So Felix orders it, and Bon thinks the American gin, in this particular case, is harsh. So it's particularly like the House of Lords gin. And in Quantum of Solace, Bond is drinking, and Felix asks what he's drinking. We mentioned this before. And he gives the recipe and blah, 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 blah. And it's a gin martini, basically, because three parts gin in a Vesper <laughs> dominates the one part vodka. So well, yeah, I, I think you can call the Vesper really a gin martini. Yeah. Now the, the the other thing too is the in you know you talked about the House of Lords gin here, it was a brand Booth's gin put it out and it's been around for a long time and mm. like like I don't know three hundred years or something like that or close to it uh, in London, Fleming actually referred to this as an American gin. Yes, he did. Yeah, but it was made in London, mm-hmm. so yeah, House of Lords know, doesn't sound like an American gin. No, but the, was it just something that was cheap and imported to the Americas, or was it? Yeah, you know, it. it I didn't understand. I didn't understand what he meant by that. No, but, but they do call out that he thinks the American gin is harsh. It's yeah, yeah. That's well, that's good. And even I mean, even the car, the concept of the the martini. You talked about House of Lords gin and martini rossi. Why is it called a martini? Well, part of that is because there was a vermouth maker. Yeah. Ver- martini and rossi that made vermouth dry and sweet and so that's kind of how the martini came about but one of the really, original ingredients it was the gin yeah. and the martini and rossi right. uh, vermouth right. right so it's it's kind of just interesting when you look at when we, when we use these names that we all know where'd they come from yeah so it's it's kind of fun because you know, you're looking at the books, and you look at the movies, obviously he's drinking vodka martinis a, a lot. But in, in the books, he's drinking everything. And, and he, we've, we've, he, he drinks a lot. We're done, yeah, we're done with the vodka stuff and everything, and I'm done with my Vesper. <laughs> All right, let me, let me finish mine up here. It was a good, it was a good tall glass, too. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. He drinks, you know, Dan? He drinks scotch and soda. He drinks we're, whiskey we're, and soda. We're recording this at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I may have to take a nap after this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, might take a nap during this. <laughs> I've only had the one, so. All you right. know. So anyway, he drinks, he drinks a lot of stuff and he drinks scotch and soda. 
In the novels, Bond drinks a lot of scotch and soda, actually. For example, in Live and Let Die, Felix and Bond are together at that nightclub, and they ordered scotch and soda, Haig and Haig pinch bottle. So that's okay. I don't have one here ready to go, and I don't have a Hague and Hague pinch bottle. I've got some pretty good scotch here, though, and but I don't have that mixed up ready to go, so I'm not going to drink that right now. So he, he mentions Hague here, and today that's it's a good whiskey. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but if you look at the, uh, the echelons of whiskey and where these things rank, Hague is fine. It's not the top tier, but it's still pretty good, but... It is considered the oldest whiskey brand in the world. Wow. So, uh, the know, oldest he, whiskey uh, brand in the world. Yep. At least according to their website. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that, that's what he's drinking when he's when he's going on ordering this whiskey and soda. Wow. All right. Well, I mean, things have changed. Look at vodka itself. Vodka from, you see Wolf Schmidt and you see Smirnoff and everything else, which were the high-end vodkas a long time ago. Now you see six times distilled vodkas that are tremendous that would kick ass over those original vodkas and even some of the Russian vodkas like Tito's for instance six times distilled it's a fabulous vodka so the technology has changed too that has made drinks better and better which Tom and I are all for (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm okay with that yeah anyway he drinks whiskey and soda too and whiskey can mean lots of things but he, he, he drinks whiskey and soda in the novels, like in Moonraker, both M and Drax drink whiskey and sodas. And Bond orders a large whiskey and soda, please, he says, and waited while the bartender poured two measures of black and white and put the glass in front of him with a siphon of soda. So, again, he drinks lots of different things. All right, brandy and soda. I never, I never had a brandy and soda. But in Thunderball, there's a nice... I've e- never... I've never th- thought about putting soda in with brandy me neither i love you give brandy. Me a nice good snifter of brandy yeah in the winter time that's all you need brandy and yeah. soda wow now in thunderball the novel of course bond while talking to miss money penny before leaving for shrublands remember he had to go get rehabilitated he muses that he needs a double brandy and soda it's okay. always a double yeah <laughs> <laughs> right okay he's not drinking it actually here they're talking about it but the dialogue is classic Bond. Money Penny says, but James, do you really drink and smoke as much as that? It can't be good for you, you know. To which Bond replies, it's just that I'd rather die of drink than of thirst. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And as for cigarettes, it's only that I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> and Money Penny says, about the hands, that's not what I've heard. <laughs> okay. All right. That's great. That's great. That's great Fleming writing. That's just well, great stuff. It's, it's that interplay between Bond and Money Penny is just fabulous. Yeah. And to take this to include the drink and the cigarettes. Yeah. And, and if you think about Fleming wrote a lot about drinking and Bond smoked a lot. Yeah. Right. So in the in the Sean Connery Bonds, he smoked cigarettes mm-hmm. and then Roger moved that to cigars right but in the books and it's you know it's like if you think about on her majesties one of the first things you see when you see bond is him lighting a cigarette yeah right he's in that he's in that car well bond i mean fleming wrote a lot of of bond's characteristics and personalities based really on himself cuz yep. fleming did both of those things a lot yep 
Right. So we and, didn't. Uh, we, 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 and it comes through in the books. Yeah. We talked about brandy and soda. Yeah, it was kind of weird. How about brandy and ginger ale? Okay, I'm not going there. I don't have yeah, one of you those. Know, actually, that that actually sounds like something I might try. All right, why don't you try that? We have ginger ale here. I think I might have I might have some brandy in the basement. So, in the, uh, <laughs> try that in the in novel the, in the bar in the basement. I might go try that. In the novel on Her Majesty's Secret Service, Bond has a double brandy and ginger ale, and stood along from the handful of other privileged passengers. Whoa! Another du- a double brandy. <laughs> a double brandy. He, he has a lot of double drinks. Yeah. And he drinks brandy straight up in Casino Royale. Bond orders coffee, and of course, with a brandy straight up. Felix Leiter drinks this too in Casino Royale, and in Moonraker, the novel. M tells Bond, "We'll have coffee and brandy on the card." Well, that, that's a combination cardboard. that makes more sense to me. And again, I just oh, coffee I and brandy is great. Thought, I haven't thought about doing it with the ginger ale. I'm going to have to try that. But the, the coffee and brandy is fine. But the ginger ale that'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I I'll have to try it too. And, of course, straight stuff. Straight scotch, straight bourbon, straight whiskey. I mean, Bond's sometimes in a hurry, and he needs a stiff one to throw back. So there you go. In Casino Royale, for instance, in the book again, Bond was finishing his first straight whiskey on the rocks. Dr. No. In the dusk, she came across the lawn to where Bond was sitting, finishing his third glass of bourbon on the rocks. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Thunderball in his room. Bond first ordered a club sandwich and a double bourbon on the rocks. There we go, a yeah. double bourbon. A man with a golden gun. Bond wandered over to the little bar on the waterfront and ordered a double Walker's Deluxe bourbon on the rocks and watched the Pelicans diving for their dinner. Oh, yeah. In Live and Let Die. Wait, 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 Dan. Yeah. Do you what? remember you and I were sitting in St. Thomas, Oh, yeah. The U.S. Virgin Islands in the Caribbean. Diving for dinner. And we were sitting on that one that one bar that was overlooking, and you could see St. Thomas from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that bar's changed hands about five times since then. Right, yeah. I uh, think and was... we were watching the pelicans just come diving down yeah. into the water looking for the fish. Yeah. So this is a great and descriptive thing here. We should have been doing that with a double walkers. Ooh, Yeah. That would have been it was, nice. It was really good w- w- the way we did it. Yeah. But it would have been even better with double walkers, I think. Yeah. <sighs> and continuing in Live and Let Die, he took a deep draft of his whiskey. In Goldfinger, Bond leaned against the jam of the door. He took a long pull at his whiskey. And he only lived twice. Suntory whiskey is mentioned. In the movie, Bond drinks it in Tanaka's garden. Okay, so Suntory whiskey has gotten very very popular lately at least here in the u.s and so it's it's kind of interesting that you think about back at the time that this book was written mm-hmm. him drink, drinking this i don't know if it was exported back then i'm not sure yeah i'm not but, sure either but it's a very very good whiskey maker so uh props to him for coming up with that one at that time yeah cool and right. bond drinks other stuff too like bourbon and water yeah. So, right. you, you know, we talked about the fact that scotches and bourbons and stuff like that. Sometimes he puts some water in the bourbon. <laughs> yeah, right? So in, 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 on, her, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, he's, you know, if you actually look at the type manuscripts that we did. Yes. He scratched out Harper's bourbon and changed it to Jack Daniel's bourbon. Wow. Right? So he poured himself a drink on the rocks and adds water. Yes. And... It's, that's being coming coming from Tennessee. That's that's kind of nice to see the, uh, mm-hmm. the Jack Daniels pu- pu- published there. 
And then even in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Bond poured himself a stiff bourbon and water with plenty of ice. He was meeting with Draco for the first time, and Draco pulled out a pinch bottle hay and another of I.W. Harper's bourbon. Yeah, cool. So you've got Bond with the bourbon, you've got Draco with the bourbon, it's it, you know, and the scotch. It's it's kind of fun how he actually ties these things in here. Yeah, and, and there was and then, another one, right? Was... Yeah, in Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, he walks over to the bar. He orders himself a bourbon and branch water. Now, branch water isn't something that we, uh, in the U.S., we we drink a lot of. But he wants the bourbon and branch water. Now, I looked up branch water because I thought, what the hell is branch water? And branch water, they say, is like the, if there's a stream or a river or whatever, it's the highest part of that stream or river that they're taking that water from because it's supposed to be the purest. So I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. I mean, but he does call it out. Just here. another way to charge more for water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he actually, you know, in the in the book, he says he orders this bourbon and branch water. Yeah. Bond guessed in the that in fact the water was from the tap behind the bar. <laughs> the lighter said that real bourbon drinkers insist in having their whiskey in the traditional style, with water from high up in the branch of the local okay. rivers where it's the purest. There you go. There you go. So just what you were saying there. Yeah. Lighter talks to him about here. And it's it's kind of interesting because the the only time I know of that I've ever heard of ordering a whiskey and branch water or bourbon and branch water is in a Fleming novel and specifically Diamonds it's, Are Forever. It sounds so damn haughty and good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> branch one water. of the things with Fleming is that uh, yeah. there's a little highfalutinness uh, yeah. to the way he describes some of his things. And... Uh, <laughs> This is one of those. Yeah. All right. Bourbon and water. That was, he, he drinks gin and tonic and Dr. No, he drinks a gin and tonic. Here's a different one. Old fashioned. Now, old fashions are popular again now, and they were very popular a long time ago, but they're, they're popular again now. So you don't see a Bond drinking a lot of old fashioned. I mean, in the movies, I don't think he ever orders an old fashioned. I'm Jeez, I'm not aware of one. Let me yeah. while you're talking, I'm gonna go ahead and look yeah. in uh, David Lay's book here. Yeah. But in Diamonds Are Forever, Bond took a shower and changed and walked down the road and had two bourbon old fashions and chicken dinner. In Thunderball, back in his hotel, Bond took a shower, swallowed a double bourbon old fashioned, and threw himself down on the bed. And live and let die on the train. Bond ordered old fashions and stipulated old granddad bourbon. So weird but there you go there's three instances in the books yeah. where you were they're only in the books they are not in the movies and yeah. one of the things keeping on our theme of what we've been talking about throughout mm -hmm. one of the key ingredients in an old-fashioned is three dashes of angostura bitters ah there you go so just keeping it keeping it real that's good that's good Mojitos, he doesn't drink any of those in the book. We see it, of course, in one movie, Die Another Day, where Jinx and Bond meet on the beach. I think and I've watched that movie twice. I missed that. That's a good that's a good <laughs> moment where he drinks the mojito there, but not in the books. Negroni. Now, this is this is something. In the short story Rosico, published in nineteen sixty. Is it Rosico or Risico? You know, I don't, I don't know. know. It's Italian stuff and Italian ingredients, and, and the second syllable is mostly stressed in Italian, so I'm going to say Rosico. Okay. <laughs> now, that, that was part of the For Your Eyes Only short story collection. Bond drinks a Negroni. This is 
equal parts gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari over ice with an orange twist. Okay. You hear this? I've got yeah, a... Neg- no, that, that's, what, that's one you actually, I think, need to acquire a taste for. it. I it's, have. It, it, the first one, I'm not sure when you taste a Negroni the first time, you're like, yeah, this is it. But after you've had a few of them... I'm drinking nice one drink. now. It's a and nice drink. It is delicious. Now, you do have to... It is an odd combination of flavors. And it depends on how you stir it or shake it or whatever you do with it. A lot of times people stir it to to imbue the flavors more as they mix and so on. But it's damn good, in my opinion. So, again, equal parts gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari over ice with an orange twist. That's exactly what I have in this glass right here that I'm drinking now. Yeah, no, he also... Ah. Yeah, that's good. Yep. And by the way, in, in this story, Ricico, Cristatos and Enrico Colombo are the characters in this story, which... Of course, we know they were extracted from this story and used in the movie for your eyes only. So there you go. There's another little tidbit for you. That's a good drink. I'm drinking it as fast as I can so we can get on to Irish whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> this is not this is not a race. Oh, okay. All right. Now what's what's the difference between a Negroni and an Americano, do you know? Yeah. The Negroni is gin, vermouth, and campari. The uh, wait, Cinzano I, specifically, but yeah, okay. Yeah. The And don't forget the lemon peel. The and the lemon, yeah. Or orange. You could have lemon or orange. Yeah. I, I like orange with it, actually. And the what's the other one? The Americano. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The Americano is Campari and Vermouth. Cinzano again. With over ice, topped with soda. Right, Perrier soda water. So, I, so I've got I've got both of those here. I'm I'm almost <laughs> finished with the Negroni already. Uh, I got a little bit left. Oh, wait, hang on. Good thing this isn't a race. Ah, it's a damn good drink. At our local bar here, the Nil Tap, Tom and I go to. Uh, <laughs> they didn't make a lot of Negronis, <laughs> but they made them for us. And now it's like a drink they they serve all the time because. Well, we're in there all the time, and and we like them. It's it's. I want I want to get back in there once this darn coronavirus. Oh, uh, I know, out. I know, I know. We're in touch with the owners all the time. That's, that's well. What I yeah. love is when you order some of these drinks in some of these bars. Know what's in them. That's why I call out what's in these drinks, mm-hmm. because they likely have the ingredients, but some of these they may never have made before. So if yeah. you can help them, especially especially like a, a bar like the Nil Tap that we go to. Yeah. It is crowded sometimes mm-hmm. and not crowded others. And we, you just have to be kind and only order a drink they don't know how to make yet when they're not crowded. Yeah. And, and Sue and Patty it. and Lynn yeah. will, will make it for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's nice. So, all right, go on with Irish whiskey because I'm going to take a sip of my Americano while we're talking about that because we're going to come up to that one. Oh, okay. I'll absolutely talk about that. Now, if you remember, we talked about the fact that you might have, was it brandy and coffee? What did we say before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about the fact that there was brandy and coffee. So coffee can be used for other things. And, you know, if you're going to do brandy, why not an Irish whiskey? So, uh, you know, here we, what we call it's an Irish coffee here in the U.S. The only place I'm aware of him ordering one of those is in Diamonds Are Forever. In the book. Yeah. In the book. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, now 
Now, you know, Dan, I've, I've been to Ireland. Yeah, I've I, been there, I, too. So the first time I went there in Dublin, mm-hmm. we're at, I'm at the hotel the first night. We're a block from the Temple Bar region, and I said to the concierge, I want to learn about Irish whiskey because I didn't know it. Yeah. Right? So if we're going to put Irish whiskey in a coffee, let's figure out how they work. Yeah. And the concierge said, don't go to Temple Bar. He pointed me to this bar two blocks away. I was like the only person in there. And I went in there and I said, okay. Sometimes that's um, good. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, help me understand Irish whiskey. So he poured me nine little taster glasses. We could do a podcast on that. Yeah. Well, it was taster glass. I mean, these weren't full glasses. Uh, This is tastings for us to go through. And he taught me how Irish whiskey works. So the the big brand that everybody knows is Jameson and that's fine. Yeah, right. I'm actually partial to two others and uh, the one that the bar we talked about before in Chicago has is something called Redbreast that I I find I think is really good. Yeah, that, that is good. And you know the other one that I really like is something called Green Spot, which is actually a little less expensive but actually just for whatever reason really like that one as well. But if you're going to do Irish whiskeys and coffee mm-hmm. and you want to do an Irish coffee, how are you going to do that? You know, what we call an Irish coffee. Take some time to learn the Irish whiskeys. They're very different. Yeah. And there's a, like really any any of these categories, scotch whiskeys or, or even the gins or whatever. There are very wide variations between them and spend some time trying them out. All right. So here, here's a drink I don't think we've ever seen Bond order in a movie. A stinger. Really? A stinger? Come on. Where? What's a stinger? Where the heck is is Bond ordering a stinger? This isn't a Bond drink, is it? Well, yeah. He orders one in the novels. In Diamonds Are Forever, Tiffany orders a stinger made with white cream to mint, and Bond orders the same. Oh. Well, it's white cream to mint and either brandy or cognac. Yeah. But the cream to mint, I mean, come on, that's, that's not Bondy. And anyway. if, you, if, if you want to make one of these yourself, it's one and a half ounces of brandy and a half ounce of white cream de mint. Okay. All right. So Bond has one in Diamonds Are Forever, the novel. In Thunderball, at the Nassau Casino, <laughs> the governor's ADC has presented Bond and Lighter with membership cards, and after they have had a coffee and a stinger at the bar, they separated one to the tables. Another stinger. Diamonds Are Forever and Thunderball. All right, so we're going to go on. We've we've covered a lot of different drinks to Bond drinks. Of course, he drinks sake in You Only Live Twice. And in in You Only Live Twice, Bond laughed. All right, Tiger, but first more sake, he says. And <laughs> not in these ridiculous thimbles. I love that part. <laughs> yeah. I've drunk five flasks of the stuff, and its effect is about the same as a one double martini. Ah, that's 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 a nice line. Now what? we actually we were I was in Vegas once, Las Vegas, and we went and did a sake flight thing where we went through again, similar to what I did in, in Ireland and tried a variety of different sakes and did a tasting that way. And if you're trying a liquor for the first time, do this if you can. Right? Sometimes you're you're at a place and somebody says, "Oh, let's do this," and they say this is what we're going to have. If that was your first time, after that, go back and try and see if you can go to a place that can you can taste a variety of different of these. Because, again, just like with all of these drinks, 
there are very big differences in sakes. Yeah. And so if you want to learn these things, take the time to do it. And it's fun in the meantime, right? So Absolutely. We're moving on. Americanos. Right, Vesper while we're moving on. All right, make another Vesper. <laughs> got We've got all kinds here. of I'm stuff here. My three parts gin, one part vodka. I've got and a my half part of a little Negroni ready to go. I mean, no, my Americano Negroni's gone. All right, in Casino Royale, when Bond and Mathis are sitting in that little outdoor cafe, Bond orders an Americano. An Americano is made by pouring one ounce of Campari, one ounce of sweet vermouth in an old-fashioned glass filled with ice and topping it with soda. Now, we talked about that a moment ago. And you can garnish it with either an orange slice or a lemon twist, whichever you like. And I have mine today with an orange slice. And <laughs> Tom's fixing another Vesper. Ah, I'm sipping the Americano which I happen to like. This is a great summer, warm weather drink. When you drink it with the soda floating on the top and then the flavors of the Campari and the vermouth, the sweet vermouth start seeping through the soda, it's delicious. So you got to try that. And then Calvados. Calvados is an apple brandy. I think it's also pear brandy too, right, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. It's and actually he, from the, the Normandy region of France. Yeah, and he drinks one on Her Majesty's Secret Service in the book again. No, no, yeah. you do you do remember, of course, Dan. We we you, had that. When, when you and I went to Normandy in France, right? we stayed in Bayeux. Yeah. And I don't remember the name of the, the little bar we were in or restaurant bar. Yeah, we yeah, were yeah. In. I, I remember this. I and remember what it looks like. Yeah. The, the bartender there suggested we try some. Again, it's when we go to these places, we, we commonly will ask for what's a local, you know, what's a local drink that you guys have here. And he was like Calvados. So he poured That's good stuff. Yeah, it was good. We, I remember we had a couple as far yeah. as I know. <laughs> yeah. And then they closed because they closed earlier than we like. But, you know, that's okay. Yeah. That's good. That was fun. And yeah. then, of course, Goldfinger drinks a mid julep. And in From Russia with Love, he well, drinks. Wait, wait, wait. You just say he drinks a. Uh, mint julep and then from Russia where does he drink the julep yeah he, he's at or Goldfinger's stud farm right when he's sitting out there with with Goldfinger and they're drinking a mint julep and he doesn't want it too tart or whatever right and, and he's in Kentucky in the United States he's in Kentucky in the United States which is a, and that that drink the mint julep is the big drink that they drink yes at the Kentucky Derby horse race the really famous horse race yeah so he you know taking taking that concept and he's got goldfinger in kentucky because of fort knox if you're going to be having him be related with horses tying in the mint julep makes absolute sense yeah and 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 he knows a lot about the mint julep which is you know has been a southern drink in the u.s he knows everything about every drink and it's amazing because the calvados (laughs) is very regionalized yeah especially back then yeah the the mint julep is very regionalized but yeah Bond knows them all. And of course, in From Russia with Love, he has some Turkish Rocky at the gypsy camp. And Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Which is kind of which is kind of cool. And beer? Come on. Bond's gonna drink beer? Well, he has red stripe beer. You think, okay, he's gonna have red stripe beer in Dr. No, because it's in Jamaica, and that's a Jamaican beer, which we've had many of. <laughs> and, and and no, it's in the man with the golden gun. 
we we need to do more of that Jamaican beer because since we started doing these podcasts and this website, we haven't been back to Jamaica yet. So right now we, we got to get back there. No, when travel is back again, it would be nice to get to Jamaica again. Uh, anyway, Lowenbrow. He drinks Lowenbrow in Goldfinger, actually. He sat by the window and drank Enzian. I don't know what that is. Washed down with a pale Lowenbrow. And then, wait, wait. Bond drinks Miller High Life? <laughs> An American beer out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Yeah, really? <sighs> What? Yeah, in 007 well, in New York. Well, you know, again, he's, he's in New York. Yeah, in 007, the, sh- the short story. In the Octopussy and Living Daylights collection, Bond says something like, Miller High Life is one of the best parts of the best meal in New York. Whoa! Okay, all right. There you go. A Miller highlight. We've had enough of the drinks of Bond in the novels, and Tom and I have consumed several of the drinks during the podcast. I still have a little bit of my well, Americano left. Vespers, but that's fine. Oh, my Americano I still have. About half left. Wait, one more sip. That is good. Great summer drink. And I think that's going to conclude our coverage of drinking with Bond, literally, on the podcast. All right, so that kind of wraps up where we're going with what Bond has drunk in the books. And we've had a few cocktails here (laughs) as we've done this. We encourage you to do the same if you're into Bond and want to try what some, you know, maybe there's one of these we've talked about that you've never heard of before. Go ahead and experiment. When Dan and I go across the world and go to these different places, we try the local stuff. We also see, is there a a drink that Bond drank here? And we go ahead and include it. We strongly encourage you to do that. Yeah, and if if we've missed something that you think is really a good one, let us know because Tom and I will be very willing to try it and uh, and report on it <laughs> okay on our website we have the big red button on the right side of the screen send us a message and we may include it in a future podcast it lets us uh, get some direction of what you guys are looking for all right this has been dan silvestri and tom Pizzato. and we've been drinking with bond as we're cracking the code of spy movies thanks for joining us we really appreciate you listening i have too many of these dan i can't crack the code let us know what you think and please subscribe to our show and tell your friends about it too